Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. Each week, we will sit down with a guest and chat about news and events related to women in the sport and hobby of pinball. Now here's your host, Lauren Gray. Welcome everybody to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. I know it's been a while, but you know, the earth was closed, still closed, kind of closed, we're reopening. Um, And there have been a lot of things going on in America and a lot of discussions. And I heard it from a writer who said, we are going to have to start getting comfortable with having uncomfortable conversations. All of you, I don't need to explain to you what's going on in the world, especially in America right now, with the deaths of George Floyd and so many countless others. Racism, which has always been very much an issue in America, has now come to the forefront and we're hearing a lot of voices. And I felt, I can't put pinball content out, dang it. I was like, I feel kind of weird. And I'm not, I wasn't feeling really good. Like it was like, so I was like, what do I do? How How do I make my little corner of the world better or at least open that conversation? So I've invited some friends and we're going to have a chat, you guys. And um, I'm going to ask them to uh, introduce themselves. uh, Tell us about like um, where you come from in the pinball world. And we'll go ahead and start with you, Jessica. Hi, thank you first uh, of all for having me and all of us here today. Um, My name is Jessica Kent. I am out of Chicago. I'm part of Bells and Chimes Chicago. Um, I co-founded Bells and Chimes Medicine. I do kind of a plethora of random pinball related stuff on social media, pinball origin stories, enter your ingredients, the pinball cooking show, um, go for the wall, my personal competitive pinball blog. And I am excited to be talking about, I guess as excited as one can be to be talking about this. I'm, I'm really honored to be part of this. Thank you, Jessica, for being here. Jessica is a former guest of the podcast, and um, she's been a, a very loud voice in this conversation. I definitely wanted her to be here. So thank you, Jessica. Juana. Hi, guys. Lauren, thanks for having me back. Um, my name is Juana Summers. I am the founder of the Baltimore chapter of Bells and Chimes. I uh, also sit on the IFPA Women's Advisory Board. Awesome. Thank you so much, Juana, for being here. Josh? Oh my, you froze at just the moment. I'm just like, oh, it's my, it's my turn. And it just disconnected. Uh, I am Josh Sharp. I am president of the International Flipper Pinball Association. And uh, yeah, that's kind of, I think what I, and Roger Sharp's son are the two things that I'm known for in the pinball world. <laughs> Part of the Sharp. Dash Sharp's brother <laughs> these days as well. Thanks, Josh. Thank Pleasure you so on, much Lauren. for being here. Thank you for inviting me on. No, I, I, I really excited you're being here. This is the first time Josh and I have actually chatted, yeah. so I, I appreciate you you coming on the show. And it doesn't involve tournament result corrections. It's fantastic. It doesn't, no, because usually that's when Josh and I talk. I swear <laughs> there's like a wall of people, like when these emails come in, we're going to be annoyed with them and throw darts. I know my face is on there. And I'm and I'm not upset about that because I know that I'm not terrible at it. Not even close. <laughs> Monsieur Danger, welcome. Thank you for finally having me. Don't swear. I'm not going to swear. I almost <laughs> swore right out of the gate. Sorry about that. Uh, hey, I'm Jack Danger. Uh, you may know me from Dead Flip, where I reveal all the pinball machines, and I'm uh, Roger Sharp's illegitimate child. Um, and <gasps> jo- Josh is just yeah, now yes. learning about this. <laughs> Big reveal. Uh, yeah, big reveal. Uh, but honestly, thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is This is going to be an awesome conversation we're about to have. Thank you, Jack, for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, Jack and I have been trying to meet up and have him him on the show for a while. And I was like, hey, I, I, got, I got a prime spot for you. Yeah, so. buddy. <laughs> and, and finally, my wonderful good friend, Steve Bowden. Hi, I'm Stephen Bowden. I run funlessbonus.com, online presences, and anything that I could reserve the fun with bonus name before someone else got it. <laughs> um, I've been running the site uh, every day for almost eight years. Wow. Okay. If I, if I make it to July 1st, it becomes eight years of every day doing something. It's been alive before that, but as far as every day is going to be eight years. And um, also sometimes forget to mention that I'm rules designer for Deep Root Pinball. So therein lies my recently acquired two-year conflict of interest as far as my own site. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so conflicts of interest will be noted where appropriate. So that's make sure to put that as part of my profile since I was hired here. So uh, thanks for having me on. 
Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you so much for being here. Um, to all of you as well, again, thanks for being here. So pinball has uh, historically been a, a very interesting little corner of the world. It, it's a hobby that we all love. The reason we're here chatting about this is that we want to make our corner of the world better, more inclusive, and safe, and fun. And I, I, I most want our little corner of the world to be a place that people have fun in. I just want you to come out and have a good time. So there have been a lot of discussions all, all over social media. Part of me just wants to like, you know, throw social media in like a big giant dumpster fire. But it's, it's good to hear what people are saying. <laughs> um, but, there, there, but there are a lot of conversations going on out there. Jessica, you know, you kind of started the ball rolling. I was like, oh, girl, I was like, I, I gave you like a virtual high five. And I'm like, she did it. She kind of <laughs> stepped out there. Um, you were kind of what I was calling the post heard around the pin world. You in the past week, you asked all the major pinball manufacturers for their stance on the Black Lives Matters movement. What was your hope with that? And, and what do you feel about the responses so far? Um, great question. So my hope or intent was a little all over the place with that. Um, for one, since the since I became part of the pinball community about six years ago, um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about and discussing a lack of diversity in leagues and tournaments that I've attended um, and the significance of how pinball themes have or have not changed over the last several decades. And really just kind of the demographic uh, in general that makes up um, our pinball community. But I haven't publicly spoken out about racism or lack of diversity. I think I've gone pretty hard on sexism in pinball. Um, and I talk a lot about creating inclusive, positive spaces in pinball, yet I'm not really challenging our community to, to take heed of uh, the problems that are affecting a lot of people of our community. So um, I actually I saw a post from a, a fellow, I'm a tournament director, and I saw a post from a fellow tournament director that was passively racist, and it kind of was my tipping point. Um, and so I started sharing more information on personal platforms and attempts to share the education I myself have been going through. Um, and I've also been having a lot more conversations kind of behind the scenes where people have been sharing instances of racism that they've encountered um, or witnessed within pinball events. And we kind of talked a little bit about trying to navigate how to create more welcoming spaces for players of color. And I felt that by posing the questions publicly, that would invite more conversations to come out in the open. And that seems to be what is happening now, which is good. Um, another one of my intentions with the question was to highlight the lack of diversity within not just competitive pinball and casual leagues, but also game creation. There are a lot of talented artists, designers and coders and engineers out there. And um, they're not always afforded the opportunities that are potentially available. Um, I think that a lot of companies do take on the feeling of like, if you know somebody, let us know, as opposed to casting a wider net. Um, if you think of looking for employees as basic marketing, if your target market is potential diversity within your employee pool, trying to locate the channels themselves, that would be the best to find the market or employees that they're targeting. Um, to find more diverse and amazing talent that they might not know about otherwise. Um, with regards to the responses that I've received, as I think people have seen, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I knew that that would probably be the case. And I think that a lot of people don't feel that companies in particular need to answer questions um, about their stance on major human rights issues. But within our community specifically, I would say the reach of these companies goes far beyond simply creating a product. They sponsor league nights, prizes. Um, and so that leaves a much larger footprint in our community than I think some people really think about. And that's fine. But I think that's important to bring to light. But it is comforting to see that these conversations are starting to pop up more across the board. And like you said, they are super uncomfortable. And like, I am so, this is out of my comfort zone. I'm not confrontational. I'm so anxious all the time and this is not helping, but um, I'm happy to throw out my own comfort to have these conversations because it means that we're finally talking about these things. 
So I feel like none of my discomfort really matters here. It's just getting these conversations started. That was super No, it was, no, I, it was a very cohesive collective thought. So no, it was good. I agree with a lot of what you said. I actually agree with all of it. Racism is so baked into our experiences as, as people, as Americans, that we don't even sometimes look at what's going on behind the scenes with things. And I don't want to say everything, you know, has a racism or no, but there are so many things that we just never really examine. And they're just part of our regular lives. And you're like, you take a moment, you're like, you know, that that's totally not okay, chief. Like <laughs> that that's not that's not cool. And let me tell you, now now we're at a point where we're having that mirror looked up at our our community, pinball in particular, and and people are getting uncomfortable. And if these these companies and these organizations and um, these men and women are supporting our get togethers, they need to support everybody that's in that community, not just the people that look like them or the people they like. Okay. Um so I think you you had had a great point. Uh, Josh and Wanna, um, you guys are the president and Wanna, you sit on the Women's Advisors Board, you stated earlier, Monday, you guys released a joint statement outlining that racism has no place in our hobby, here, here. And how do you feel about the statement and kind of how that came about and the role of the IFPA to support events and TDs moving forward? And we'll start with you, Josh. My eyes have been open, I guess, to to the IFPA even having any sort of platform in which to speak to. I mean, when when we started things, you know, for better or worse, we were a data collection department of one. And really since the the women's board came on, you know, the opportunity for us to be more to the community for for anything, for for any sort of campaigns that go beyond you know, thank you for messing up your tournament results. We'll correct you and move on to the next thing. There's a there's a chance for really for us to to have an impact in how we we shape the the competitive environment. And I never thought that we would be an association that could be that important. And I'm slowly embracing the opportunity for us to be that important. And I think you know, with, with what Juana and the other women's board members have done was, I mean, I think sort of what Jessica spoke to in, in the opening in terms of, of of people going after the the people they know and not, you know, sort of waiting for, hey, if, if anyone Black wants to work here, it's info at companypinball.com. Like, like we, we, we have nothing against anyone. And I think I'm so blessed to have the women's board on board with what we're doing. And I think the way that the women's board was put together, there was an intention of diversity within the board. And that was on purpose. And there was a method to that madness where, you know, the IPA went from a group of three or four white dudes deciding things over a Facebook chat to all right, we're we're going to bring in, you know, these women had a great conversation with the initial, you know, women's board group. And, you know, they even started off and said, this is not who the group is. You know, if, if you're interested into exploring something like this, we'd like to take the opportunity to create a board that that has that diversity in nature. And I mean, the ability for, you know, when when our Slack channel gets active, besides when we're making fun of some of the responses <laughs> to our posts, I think it's so wonderful to know that baked into our organization are these different points of view that, that I can, I know with confidence, the actions we're making, we're not, we're doing a better job than just guessing what these other groups might want to see because we have representation, you know, all over the place of at least being able to lean on someone to, to help us get there a little faster, help us get there a little bit better. And I couldn't be prouder of where we are now compared to, you know, where Zach and I was, where Zach and I were doing this, you know, three years ago, four years ago. It's it's blown my mind at, at how much more important we can be. And I think that we continue to build on that. And I think we will. So I think for me, I have felt incredibly fortunate that we've all been able to come at these shared statements and about the work that we're doing from a collaborative standpoint. 
and being able to not just us on the women's board, but Josh and Adam as well, to be able to have and to be able to have these tough conversations, which are not easy and that some of us maybe aren't having as robustly in other parts of our life. I think one thing that I want to call out is there are, there are a couple of important things about the shared statements that I think are important to note. Um, first of all, as a Black woman who runs tournaments, this was something that was really important to me. I've been TDing for a couple of years now, and I will say that all the tournaments I've run have more men named David than they do people of color. So I, for a long time, have felt that there has been a diversity problem in pinball and, to be more frank, a racism problem in pinball. So having everyone be open to having that conversation now within the board and outside of it has felt like a moment of power. And I'm glad we're working to affect some positive change. We acknowledge that directly in this post that racism does exist and we don't stand for it and that we want to provide resources for tournament directors who are our first line of defense to know how to create an environment that is not just inclusive, but safe for every player, no matter what you look like. We want to provide resources if you're uncomfortable having a conversation about some of these issues to do the hard work of learning how to be more to be more comfortable. And I think, and Josh can correct me if he disagrees, what was at the root of our conversations around these statements was wanting to do more than performative allyship. It is wonderful for all of those people who posted a black box on their Instagram or social media profile stories to stand with the black community and affirm that black lives matter. But we want to make sure we're doing the work, not just on one day or one week, but that we are creating an infrastructure that allows for the best experience possible for players. And we're hoping we can be a part of that force for change. I know that in some responses to our post, people have said, well, where was the IFPA a couple years ago? Well, why hasn't that work done before? And I probably personally agree with some of those statements, but we're here now. We're doing the work. We want to hear from people in this community about how we can make tournaments be the best possible experience they can be. We want to empower our TDs. And I think the big thing, and Josh says this in his statement, is that we want to encourage people to talk back to us and tell us what would be most useful for them. We have a wonderful, diverse board and group of people who are involved in putting together these statements, but we also want to make sure that we are constantly hearing from pinball players, whether you have played one tournament or you have been playing for twice the time that I have, what you need to feel safe and valued and included in this community. And our commitment is that we will take it seriously and have the hard conversations and stand shoulder to shoulder with players of color in the same way that we as a women's board and at the IFPA are standing shoulder to shoulder with women and queer people to make sure that they are affirmed and that their experiences are valued too. You know, that's an excellent point. I think there's this idea, um, not only within pinball, but just, you know, in, in our community, in our society, well, I'm not racist. And I put this black box up and, and I po- posted a thing and um, we're now asking you to take another step. We're asking you to engage. We're asking you to kind of, okay, we, we know that you feel that way. Like I now, now you showed up to the party. Now you got to dance, and like you've got to kind of take that next step and and be more active in our community. And, and I know it's like an itchy wool sweater. You're like, I don't feel comfortable about this. I feel weird. I don't know what if I say the wrong thing. You know what? You're in a community that's like, hey, thank you for showing up. Thank you for doing the work, and thank you for asking for what we need. So um, I, I, I agree with everything you, uh, you, Josh and Juana had both said. Um, those are really valid points. Has there been talk within the IFPA um, about hosting or developing online diversity training specifically mm-hmm. and making that a requirement for TDs and making it a requirement for um, events that are sanctioned by the IFPA? I think in, in our chat about this so far, the, it, nothing's been a requirement. I think for us, it's about putting resources together. I mean, it's it's a really bad uh, way to describe it, but like like turning extra balls on or off for a tournament. Like like we express that it's preferred to have them off, but if you can't, there's there's eight million reasons why you can't turn extra balls off, and you don't have to. That I think the way that we would provide guidance on how to do game setup, we want to have you know this very structured resource list to be able to assist people in what what's the best way to to set up a stranger things for a tournament that it's just as commonplace to be able to to have a guide to go to of like you know something something racist is happening you know with one of my players like i have no idea what to do and or i'm playing in an event and the and the td is experiencing you know themselves like having reference material and ways to engage in that and and feel 
I guess helping give the person confidence in that situation that that we've talked through and and when this resource documentation is available, like it is going to be the women's board is is crazy good at vetting things and making sure that uh, that we want to make sure that any situation we can we can sort of play those out ahead of time to make sure that if someone runs into 85% of the most common situations and, you know, you had mentioned the response of like, well, you know, I'm not racist. So insert whatever there, like most of the responses that we got from my post start in that same sort of way. Like, I don't understand, like I've been in my league forever and we have no racist things going on. Like, like you, everyone needs to to skip all that and know that like it exists. And I think, you know, our post certainly uh, points that out explicitly and directly. So, well, I don't see the requirements of forcing people to go through, you know, any sort of training. I don't think, you know, we're still a, a purely volunteer organization. So the ability for us to mandate anything like that and then who's going to be teaching classes, like, it, and that's not realistic for, for me to see that for, as something that we could pull off. But I do think that that we can have a really strong guide that can be an ally to these people in these situations that will hopefully feel like we're standing right behind them as they're having these conversations to know that like, we hopefully they'll reach out to us and let us know. But even if they don't, they can feel like we're right behind them in that moment. It's probably my best hope for for how that's executed. I don't know if Juana, Juana, if Juana has different ideas, I look forward <laughs> to those different ideas in our Slack channel. <laughs> no, I'm, I actually completely agree with Josh on this one. We are volunteers. We are not a corporation. And I, my, this is my personal bias. Not This is probably not endorsed by other people on the board, although I would guess some of them might agree, is that enforcing diversity trainings or harassment trainings have not worked particularly well for achieving the goals they think they're trying to achieve in corporate settings, which again, we are not. So I think the best things we can do is to provide a robust directory of resources for people, TDs in particular, to draw on, to be their allies and to talk with them if they need help navigating those resources and encourage them to use them. And then if we hear of TDs who are choosing not to use them and allowing racism or other types of discriminatory behavior to appear at their events to take action at that point, I'm just not sure that forcing people to sit through an obligatory training is going to get us the end goal we want, despite it being a noble goal. No, I totally get that. I, I completely understand. I think those are great points. Steve, I'm, I'm so happy to see you guys. Steve lives here in San Antonio and I have not seen him in forever. And oh, I, when wow. I saw his smiley face, I'm like, Steve, so happy yeah, to it, see you. It has been a while, amazingly. I mean, yeah. just think back to when we used to play at What's Brewing and it wasn't I even know. a thing. Now it's a thing. It's a thing. It's, it's a thing, so a thing. Oh my gosh. But I'm, I, I'm happy to see you, Steve. Thank you again for being, being part of our panel. Um, you're currently ranked 18th in the world and you've been ranked as high as six. You are one of the top competition players in the world. You got game for sure. As a player, what do you feel or what do you believe that the IFPA can effectively do to promote diversity and combat racism in IFPA sponsored events and circuit tournaments? Well, let me tell you that I certainly will not be as coherent as the other participants have been so far in this uh, meeting. It's been amazing. Uh, my answers will not nearly be that tailed, but I have a feeling that maybe my answer came, should have come, my answer should have come before uh, the other answer we just had because it looks like they just answered the question. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the question is, has been answered. <laughs> Possibly. And, but you, and, you feel there's anything pro, else? I, I, not that I can see since I am a player. I mean, to me, when I read, when I, you know, see, see, hear the question, I mentally cross off everything that's like, you are currently ranked. And as a player, everything from that gets mentally crossed off by me because to me, that's irrelevant. So, you know, and so it, that becomes, a, I mean, at least in a, it's an accomplishment and not a reference to my identity. So at least I can give that. But, I mean, it just seems like the question is being answered. So I'm looking forward to the results that are going to be produced from what I've just heard on this show. And as far as offering anything new to that, I think I'm going to 
just wait and see for the results because it looks like it's happening. Yeah. It it's it's the best non-answer I can give because the question has been answered or is being answered is a better yeah. way to say it. No, so no, I, so I can say fair is, point. is thank you for the for the work that <laughs> you've done you, all IFA. for the work that you've done already. And um they've been going they've been doing a good job so far up to this point and i just did not know how well they were doing until this moment they've actually been doing a very good job so that's going to be good to, that this show will come out and that more people will know how well the ifpa has done so heart emojis for everybody really you would be able to get out of a show without doing heart emojis but i couldn't so heart emojis to everybody so um so so kind of a follow on question steve yeah. Um, we see new games coming out and, and Jessica touched on this as well. Um, a lot of the games we see are still lacking cultural, racial representation. You know, I was, I was just doing, I didn't, I did not consult Google, the Oracle, but you know, like I was thinking besides Zoe Saldana, who's featured on guardians of the galaxy and star Trek, there have been very few black indigenous people of color featured on machines that I can think of as a right. member of the deep root team. How do you feel diversity is handled in game development? And do you feel that this is a company's responsibility? And, and you know, I'm going to question this, of course, to you, Steve, since you are part of a company, but also yeah. open this up to the team. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm so excited. Deep Roots really? here. I'm like, it's, been, it's, like oh, it's almost two years and I still can't believe I can say that I'm a part of a whatever. Anyway, um, so as far as far as, you know, counting a minority representation, Don Cheadle doesn't count because you don't see him on Iron Man. So let's get them. You only see his man. <laughs> So eh, that doesn't count. Uh, and so that's the opening bit. And as far as wh when I was first hearing that question, I, I think I reversed it in my mind incorrectly because it changed from, from art to development. And I'm thinking development here I am. So Aww. that can't be right. So something, okay. So development here I am. I'm being, and I'm being a role model, even though whether I want to be or not, I am, doesn't matter. I have no control of that. Sorry, Charles Barkley doesn't work that way. Um, so, and, and I will be having a meeting with the, with the woman who does this programming and scripting for a game in, when I finish with this, so there's so there you go. So as far as what what the, what what will what will do for the development, there's the answer. Um, hope there are other people who you will meet. You would have met them before it went for this virus thing. Would have been able to talk about everyone else, and I've been able to say, "Hey, yes, I did the rules, but look who else helped with this game. Don't look at me. Look at all these people over here. See, meet this person and this person." Lauren, you met Allison, I think, at Houston, right? So you know. I did. I was so excited. I've been trying to get her on the show, Steve. Help right. me out. So. But again, I'm not. I'm not saying names of other people because I don't want to make them pinball famous before they want to be. Because being pinball famous has a lot of negatives and not many positives. So I so want them to control that. Right? Exactly, Jack. One hundred percent, Jack. <laughs> you can't see this. This is video on the video. Jack is doing the appropriate. Uh, emoji like reactions to that statement. So um, anyway, but <laughs> so as far as that, I just hope that that will continue. I mean, I'm I'm here, so I get to point out stuff. I mean, it's, it may be something as simple as saying, "Hey, um, you might want to stay away from that gendered call out." You know, so if you can imagine. Oh, right. So, <laughs> and we work our way around it. I mean, it might, it might, and it's not just for some, so, you know, social reason. It's just as simple as it breaks the immersion. So, you know, who are you in this game? Are you, which character are you in this game? So use that or use, then that will work. So if something is, something that seems simple or seems overly picky can matter because I noticed it. So I can just say, wait a minute. Well, I noticed that. So let's see how we can what we can do to uh, address that if it'll work, if it's as simple as replacing something that will make it work better. So um, as far as, you know, being the company's responsibility, it's like the company has this amorphous unit called, called deep root. I mean, I just, I'm still thinking of the company as the people in it. So, I mean, we're just, I'll just point things out. So yeah, make sure that's, I mean, I guess it's, 
I say, well, let me let me let me go to my mental Rolodex and thinks of all the stuff that's safe to to say. Everything that you've seen in Houston, right? So we all know that the main character is named Angela. Okay, that's the protagonist. That was there before I got here, so it's not like I can be like it's not like I can be like make a name character, make a main character who's not you know a white male doesn't count. She was already there. We have other games, so I know no one believes that. <laughs> I believe do. it in my heart, Steve. In my yeah. heart, yeah, I, I- <laughs> yeah. My my yeah, my project output believes it too. <laughs> my project output and and planning believes that too so i mean i'm and as far as like on the first game of it being a female protagonist i don't know whether that's a coincidence of a j-pop game if you think about it j-pop has had a dog then he had um the princess which okay damsel in distress tropes aside fine then he had the ringmaster and now he has angela so you got Three female characters and the dog. <laughs> so, so I, you know, maybe I'll ask him if that's if there was a specific reason for that or not. But anyway, um, so there was my non-coherent, coherent attempt at an answer. So it was hope, all the things, Steve. I hope it was you all can, the things. Hope you can edit that into coherence, <laughs> and uh, good luck with that. <laughs> So so I'm going to open this up to the panel as well. Um, You know, we did have, and and I'll talk a little bit more about this later on, but, um, you know, companies have stepped forward to kind of say, you know, we stand with the, you know, Black Lives Matters movement, and and we believe that racism has no uh, home in our sport. Um, But do you feel that it is a company's responsibility to develop games that are more representational of society? Uh, and anybody jump in? I don't know. Like I said, I am not sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna handle it on an individual basis because I'm me, so I can. And so, I mean, so so at least that base is sort of half covered there as, as far as I can. Yeah, I don't know what you all feel about it. I mean, um, I mean, I I know. I mean, I I know. I'm another reason why I'm glad to hear this conversation. It, it did it did it it does did seem like. Um, gotta hate using the word "seem," but it's a trope I do. But it's it. It was like racism in pinball was a social issue that rode the bench, while the sexism social issue was in the starting lineup. So Ooh, that is a good, very good way to put it. It's good to see that the that the racism in pinball is stepping up to the plate now. They're on the same team. It's just that now. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so did, did that, any of you guys want to jump in, or did please, you guys have any please comments? Do because I'm vamping now. Sure. I'll jump in. Um, I think for me, and I'm thinking about this, not as somebody on the IFBA, not as somebody who runs tournaments, just as a black woman who likes to own pinball machines and play pinball machines. If the goal of these companies is to get a wider audience of people to love pinball and play pinball, then I would think it is incumbent on them to think about the themes and the pieces of our culture that they use when they are creating those machines. But that's the question though. Is Do these companies actually want a wider range of people to be interested in and play pinball and buy these very expensive, heavy, wonderful machines that we all love. And so I, I would hope that as they are making their statements and standing with Black Lives Matter and saying that they agree that racism has to be rooted out and has no place that they're thinking about what their goals are and rather the actions and that they're taking and the releases that they are having speak to those goals. But that's a question for those individual companies. And as Stephen said, the people with the, the people that make up those companies, they've got to have those conversations with themselves. Excellent point, Juana. I agree with a lot of what Juana said. I think also from um, conversations that I've had with people in our local community and even my partner collects pinball machines. We are constantly talking about the themes and what our dream themes would be. And I know, Lauren, you always ask at the end of your show, dream themes Um, But if you look through the threads of people responding to different pinball companies, those dream themes are there. And the market for people who are purchasing pinball machines is changing. So there's like a lot of tables that are being created that are with a specific demographic in mind versus some of us who would prefer, and, and I'm speaking kind of more specifically to like rock bands, I suppose, but like some of us who would prefer things like, like, I will never stop advocating for a Wu-Tang pinball machine because I guarantee you that thing would sell off the charts. Um, but there are so many different ideas and themes out there that 
I think would go really well on routes would be maybe Wu-Tang is a bad example of child friendly, but could be more encompassing <laughs> for, you know, families. <laughs> Although <laughs> if you could do like a family friendly Sopranos, you could certainly do <laughs> Wu-Tang. Um, kids got to learn, but like. <laughs> got to earn. Yeah. I think it's going to take a company to take a risk. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, different, Every, every one of the female manufacturers are at different points in their ecosystem in terms of profitability, needing to fight for profitability, you know, how much overhead, how much do they need to sell to stay afloat because they're so large? How much do they not because they're closer to a startup that they can really have the freedom to go whatever direction they want? I think like every industry, there's 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 leaders and there's followers in the industry and it's going to take someone to be that leader to you know Jessica like you can you could say you know Wu-Tang Clan would would sell like hotcakes and it's like that's that's great to know and am I going to put one and a half million dollars behind the development of this because I've heard people who maybe don't buy games at all and, and you have to you have to shuffle through you know you end up talking to your dealers and and how well are your dealers represented with their clientele there's so much that goes into and, and i kind of speak for you know what i do my work at raw thrills it's not pinball but it's it's arcade and you know a lot of it is tied to to the licensing that's even available wu-tang clan could be like uh not interested and it's like what the no no we have all these great ideas and it's like we're, we're not licensing ourselves for a pinball machine. You know, plenty of people have turned down Stern and, and anyone else. I think, and I hope that, that at some point in time, like an attempt will be made and it will be like the water that breaks the dam of like, Oh my, like that worked. And then you'll just see, it's almost like the run on, on comic book licenses. You know, the first time that, that I can remember talking to Gary, you know, whatever lifetimes ago about, about the idea of comic books being childish and whatever. And you see sort of the world move into a situation where at some point they had to decide to take a risk on maybe something that, that the board of directors at Stern just deemed childish, not for our market, whatever. They take the chance, boom, like, oh my, I had no idea the market for insert X was this, was this vast. And then you get into now there's just a brand new swimming pool to dive in of themes that you can then use to put towards your business. But it's really just going to take, it's not a risk-free endeavor and that's hard for businesses to take. And it's just going to take someone to do it. Yeah. A conversation that pops up in my chat a lot when we, when we talk about uh, more diverse themes when I'm streaming is uh, Wu-Tang comes up more than literally anything else. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and so the conversation was like, you know, how do we get them to take that step to dive into that as Josh was saying, and a lot of people are like, well, maybe we need to lean into that genre with like the beastie boys, but that's still leaning on like a white representation of that genre to get to that point. Although I would love a beastie boys pinball machine. Uh, it's still like, a. I don't know. It, you're still relying on the same old stuff that we're doing to get to the point that we're trying to get to. But uh, the first person to make Wu-Tang is going to win the pinball everything. So, <laughs> Well, you definitely was hearing what uh, Josh talking about the licensing. There's a big, there's like a two part risk there is okay. This exactly what you said, Josh, do they want to do it? A and B, how much is it? That's the first part. Cause now you have to, you know, do something with that part of the budget. And then the second part, which is kind of related to it, the licensing part is it's a predictive chance. It's like, is the game we want to make now going to still be relevant two years from now when it comes out? About a year and a half, two years, whatever the development time would be for a game. So that's also part of the risk. I mean, yeah, we all know the correct answer is Rihanna. Sure, that's the correct answer. Oh, um, but and, and and Rihanna is still a correct answer now. Is Rihanna still going to be a correct answer two years from now? Probably. I mean, there's enough confidence of that, right? So let's go for it. Okay, let's do it. Uh, so so that that's also part of it. You are making that predictive risk. Um, one that might be a good prediction is I don't but see I don't know whether this would be would be too pandering or not because this one has come up. Black Panther 2 is coming out in this 2022. 
right? Also brought up a lot. Also brought Black up a lot. Panther Black 2. Panther. That's yeah. two years from now. You can take Guardians of the Galaxy template and just do it. You got shoot the shot, play the clip. Shoot the shot, play the clip. Black Panther 2 gives you that second movie, right? So like like Lord of the Rings had to have the three movies. Iron Man had the second movie before it came out because that gives you enough modes and stuff. So with Black Panther 1, I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it again to see if that has enough you know, just out of my own edification to see if that has enough content to make modular, modey, jackpotty, pinball-y things. But with the second movie, you got it, right? I mean, it's got to be enough for that. So there's a target. I mean, not saying we got it. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but hey, let's, 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 that, but that would be a, that would be a potentially correct answer. Marvel Universe, you know, people are going to see it. Black Panther one sold all, made all the money. Um, you know, put, as far as development things, take a Guardians, make another Kiss layout, and then make the shot and play the clip. Make the shot, play the clip. Bring the bring the bring the multiplier X's over. Do the whole thing. Just put it on Guardians. As far as I'm concerned, whatever. I mean, it'll work, right? It it, it, it works. Right. So that that could be a test. I mean, sure, that was brought up maybe because just of because of the current situation is why that was that was brought up. But still, that doesn't make it not a correct answer. It's still correct. Right. It's still logically sound. So just throwing it out there, random manufacturers who aren't who I don't work for. Hey, I, I'll pl- I play it. I'll I call my Uncle Gary it. right now. Call him. <laughs> Come on. How do you feel about a Black Panther 2? Call it Black Panther. Even put Black Panther 2 on the opening screen so we know, just like Iron Man 2 had it. So it was a clue that we know. Just do that. Pay little homages to that, little Easter eggs. You know, I'll get it. <laughs> you know, I'll post it on my site. It's not like I'm going to hide it. You know, most, most My site is promoting everybody else. So that's what I do, even the people who I don't work for. And I'll continue to do that forever. That doesn't matter who I work for. I'm still a pinball fan. So that's why I still have my site and I will have it. So whatever. I'm ready. Black Panther 2, 2022 and a half. Let's do it. Somebody. Wakanda forever. That's what I'm that's talking right. about. Ugh, that would that's be awesome. That's the battle. Come on. The first battle. That's your first mode. Multi- I mean, come on. It's yeah. right there. You want me to write? I'll write the rules. <laughs> I'll, just write, I'll just write it. Y'all heard it. <laughs> Steve is here. Come on, who's making Black Panther 2? Give me a advanced copy of the script so I can get the <laughs> template. Come on. That would be a fun little exercise, you know? And then when you make that, maybe that'll give you enough credibility for someone to make my Press Your Luck game that I really want. No. Oh, anyway. Press Your Luck. That would all be right. so much fun. So, so, all right, I'm derailing the conversation. I'm vamping <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just excited. No, no, no. It was, I, 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 that and, and Jack's right from what I've seen and, and through social media, uh, Wu-Tang and Black Panther, along with Prince, are probably the three that I see that, and, and y'all know how I feel about Prince listeners. Y'all know that that's my dream theme uh, besides the Princess Bride. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'd like to see it. Um, manufacturers, you know, it's a, it, it, the ball is now in your court. So, um, oh, the Prince license would be cost too much. That's like a, that's like J.K. Rowling level. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. I, I, I dream very big, but it's okay. It's Someone, okay. Someday. Oh, please. Someday. Jack, uh, again, thank you so much for being on the show. I like, we've been trying to do this for years. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Um, oh, yeah. You are kind of like the pinball guy. You are the creator behind Dead Flip. You're probably one of the most upfront and most popular people as it comes to social media and uh, content development. You've taken a stand, uh, a hard stand on on things that, you know, we should be taking a stand on, and it's made you a bit of a lightning rod. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You and I both know we, we we've had we've had a couple of run-ins on this, but um, as a creator, as a content creator, what do you see your audience's reactions to the social change and the Black Lives Matter movement? So I. Uh... I, I first want to say, like, anything I say on this, like, I'm not going to be as articulate as everyone else because I am 100% still learning every single day. Uh, I lean on a lot of really good friends and important people to help me understand more of what I need to say, how I can step up more. And posting what I post, there are very few – well, let me rephrase this. 
there was a lot of vocal people that were like, well, I'm here for the pinball. I'm not here for politics and blah, blah, blah. And because I'm not really uh, as knowledgeable with things that could be said and should be said, I, I sort of let the chat sort of fight their way out until like the correct thing prevails because there's still, as I mentioned, so much stuff I need to learn. Um, but I also lose a lot of followers when I do that stuff, but that's not the point. You know, my numbers drop and, you know, in a week I'm double what I lost because, you know, the exposure of uh, this giant argument gets out there and more people come in. They're like, Hey, you know, this is uh, really important that you're using your platform for this. And I get a lot of DMS too. Like I've said a lot of stuff on other topics as well, which get me in <laughs> hot water with people. But I, I only like to speak out when I see that friends are like, for lack of a better word, like in a bad mood uh, or they're they're feeling a kind of way. And I can look into that and I can use what I've built to help get that word out as much as I can. Um, but it looks like we are we're quickly weeding out the, the ding dongs out of uh, my little community there because um, the very last thing I posted, I think, was uh, it wasn't the I don't want to get too specific about the the social media, uh, but there was like maybe one person that had something bad to say. And that person was just gone in a heartbeat. But I, I sort of just love seeing the the angry faces show up so you can go, OK, who are these people? All right. Goodbye. 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 And uh, move on with, you know, the rest of our lives and just try to be better people. But, yes, I I need folks to help me understand what's going on so I can better reiterate uh, what I've learned through Deadflip and the Internet and all that fun stuff. Sorry if that was rambly. I just, uh, I, as I mentioned before, I'm very bad at getting my point across. So like writing stuff down is way better than having a conversation for me because my brain just goes in a million different directions with this stuff. No, no, I totally get it. And, and you know, you and I have had these conversations. I've been in your DMs and um, we've, we've chatted about things where we see something and we're like, that's not cool. That's, that's not cool right. at all. <laughs> and, um, you know, as a, as a content creator, as part of the, I, I always feel so like, Lauren, you're an influencer. I was like, really? Is, really? Is that like a thing? Yeah. I don't, yes. 100%. I, 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 I'm nodding, but I'm like, is if, that a thing? If one person listens to anything you do, you're an influencer against that person. Like you, <laughs> you influence them in. Yeah. So yes, you're an influencer. Yeah. So, but it's like, the, there's this, oh, well, since you're an influencer and you're part of the pinball media, you know, what's your role? How are you going to support, you know, a more diverse community? You know, for me, it was this. It's, it's tough. It's, you know, um, you know I, for, for most of my listeners are aware that I am a Latinx woman and I, that's how I move through the world. And, and I necessarily don't want to discuss race all the time. It's like that. Yes, that is, that is part of who I am, but it's not all of me, but it is how I move through the world. So when I see things in this, this community that I love, it bugs the bleep out of me so yeah, bleep myself <laughs> yeah. so it it bothers me i'm like i love this and y'all are messing it up yeah. and it's not like a lot of people but i also think that there's a larger demographic that maybe aren't aware like at least they are like oh i didn't know this was going on i'm like i know yeah that, and we're, I mean, we're just kind of pulling back the curtain <laughs> a little bit yeah, so everybody yeah. can look at it we're like okay this is going on now and now i need you to help me help yeah. me make some changes. And I, I honestly want to say that 99% of the people I've run into have been all, okay, like, where do I start? How do I do this? And like, you know, how do I make my part of the world better? And I, and I, and I appreciate you, Jack, you know, kind of taking a stand on things. Um, it means a lot to me, um, not only a, as a, a person of color, but also as a, as a woman and as a content creator, I, I see you doing those things. So I appreciate it. So awesome. I, 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 I just, if anyone has anything you want to say and you don't feel comfortable saying it publicly, come to me and I'm happy to yell at the internet for you. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't mind taking a few arrows. That's for sure. Uh, because again, I'm still learning and please help me learn more listeners i had made actually wrote out my questions because i did want to try to be articulate because i'm kind of like jack in the sense of kind of when i'm talking i tend to be a little rambly if you listen <laughs> to some episodes you'll notice that and we covered a lot of things but but two questions i want to pose to the group so far we've heard from stern 
and American Pinball with actual press releases, you know, actual, you know, statements about supporting Black Lives Matter and, and talking about racism and, and ending that in our hobby. Do you feel that you want to hear from other manufacturers um, on the what their stance is? And then um, do you feel like it's going to be for people who purchase machines, like a, you know, vote with your dollar sort of thing? Like, you know, I'm not going to purchase something or I'm not going to support a company that doesn't support X. Like, do you feel like they need to come out and make that statement um, from those other uh, manufacturers that we have heard from? And this is kind of to everybody. Well, I can I can start, I guess. So um, just just to get just to get the ball rolling here. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be an official statement from Deep Root as you know as a company. Um, I don't know and whether it is or not. Fine, whatever. Um, I can always. I'm I'm tired of PR statements anyway. I mean, every time I anytime I see a statement disguised as a picture, you know, posted, I'm, as part of me tunes out anyway and whether that statement is from company x or pepsi or whatever um <laughs> because it's, if it's just one of those check the box make sure we check all the boxes you get one chance to check all the boxes because if you don't check all the boxes correctly you're going to get called out you might get canceled and all that so be careful but i mean i can always give my statement this Individually, it wouldn't be a statement. It would be a conversation. I mean, I can regale you on my experiences of playing pinwall while being black. And so, and you know what that means. And so I won't have to say the story because it's just like, you know, walking while black or doing other normal things while being black. So I have had those situations, plural. But, and let that be my statement on that. <laughs> you know? So if I choose to expand upon that statement, I will, maybe on my own podcast or something. Maybe I'll come back to Backbox and say it. But, um, you know, whether they do or not, I'll see what's said and analyze it at that point and not have a visceral reaction to the response either. Um, because some of these responses were run through multiple layers of whatever, and some were given by one person who maybe just missed it and wasn't their fault. And so we can have a nuanced discussion about that. <laughs> okay, I can so. I can jump in here before I'm gonna have to bail. My apologies to everyone, but I can I can get a comment out on this, and then I look forward to hearing the rest of this when it mm-hmm. gets heard. But I know. Uh, I was talking with one of the one of the women's board members as we were sort of circling around what we were going to say, and in in my private messaging with her, it there was obviously there there was the issue of like the the idea of getting a statement out right, and to me, my focus is always on getting our statement out, and I you know it it's tough sort of what Steve mentioned. There's a lot of people that are, are checking the box of getting a statement out to say that they did it and they can move on to the, to the next day. And that that was really important for me for IFPA to not do that, not turn our Facebook page black for Tuesday and then post results on Wednesday. Like, so for, for us, it's definitely more of, of, of like actions, like, what are you planning on doing? And then let's, this stuff doesn't happen overnight, right? So at least for us, you know, we've tried to express as explicitly as possible what our actual plans are. And, you know, our plans are to follow through on those plans and execute them. And we hope to have that available, you know, through our website and and be able to to, to speak with confidence as we release this stuff that we're following through, right? So there's the companies that are, that are making a statement. There's even companies that are making good statements that, that might have actionable items. And to me, you know, b- both are some version of like, it's better than nothing. It's better, but it, it really all falls down to the execution of the actions to me. Yeah, I know. That's a great point. Thank you, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. you Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks so much to Josh Sharp. Um, And we are coming towards the the end of our conversation. And and this is a a question. And I'm sure this is going to be what I hear on social media. Um, There's a group of people who feel that the, the, the discussion panel we are having right now is a political, uh, has a political agenda. 
that this is a left versus right conversation. You know, the shut up and play pinball, you know, people. And you can insert shut up and play basketball, shut up and play football, shut up and play whatever. Um, there's that group of people. Um, obviously, this isn't. Um, this is a moral conversation about how we treat people. Do you feel that it's our responsibility to educate players? Just in this, I'm just asking you as yourselves, um, as players, um, do you feel it's our responsibility to educate the members of our community? Or is this just a, a clean house and get rid of the bad apples? Or is it somewhere in between? Well, I know as soon as I read that part, I'm thinking, it does sound like shut up and dribble, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, visions of LeBron coming in my head. But but I make far less money than he does. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> just saying whether or not it's political. Yeah, it is political because we're talking about potential positive changes in policy. So saying something's political and saying something is like a left-right thing, that's a different, that's a jump. That's a logical leap there. It's, it is political because there's going to be, appears to be, already has been positive changes in policy. That is political by logic. So period. Yeah, it's political, but not in the way you're trying to, you meaning the poster of the shut up and dribble, uh, not in the way in that poster is saying it's political. I mean, as long as you have a diversity of thought in the conversation, uh, you're going to make some progress. I mean, I, you can't help but make some progress because you'll be guided toward, as long as, you, as long as you don't have an echo chamber being built and then having that echo chamber put forward as the answer. If you have a diversity of thoughts and opinions in those meetings, which we have proven to here, and that's just us here sitting here, <laughs> right? Never mind the other meetings that have happened that people who are posting things online have no idea about, but who will see the positive results of later. As long as you have those types of meetings, I can't help but think that, that things will improve. I mean, that's just the way I feel about it. So, and um, maybe that's just part of my positive outlook, even given this situation, but that's uh, how I feel. Sorry. So I think for me, when I think about going and showing up at an arcade or an event and playing a tournament, just because I walk in and I'm playing a pinball game against anybody else, I don't get to just stop being black and I don't get to just stop being a woman. Like all of those parts come with me into that space. And I want all of those parts of me to be safe and valued in that space. So while there are some political elements of this, for me, this is less about left-right politics. It's about personhood and our ability to value individuals for who they are. We've gotten a lot of responses, obviously, as you might imagine, both publicly and not publicly to the IFPA and the women's sports statements. A number of them have echoed this. They say, you know, in my environment in X state, there's no racism. That just doesn't happen here. And if it did, we'd, we'd dismiss it. We'd get rid of the person and we'd move on. But I have to tell you how many people that I play with on a daily basis, as someone who plays for a long time, when I talk to them about racist things that have happened to me in pinball events, their response is, oh, wow, I never knew that happened here. So that's why I guess, I don't know if this is answering your question. I'm probably rambling. But I guess for me, the thing that I hope comes out of this and that I would say to those people is that it's time to start having some real hard conversations. And particularly for white people to start having some really hard conversations with other white people about what is going on in your local communities and what you can do to be of service to if you say you're somebody who values diversity, you say you're someone who is not racist, to be actively anti-racist in the same way that you'd be anti actively anti-sexist and to be willing to do that work and have those conversations. Because my biggest concern here is that a lot of people are saying that things never happen around them. And I think they just don't see them, whether they don't see them because they're not directly in front of them or they're not seeing them because they don't choose to. This is a, a very important issue to be said and be to, said over and over again, because I know when I first got into pinball, I was blind to like any of this stuff. I remember taking my wife to a pinball tournament and her going like, this is all just white dudes in here. <laughs> and I'm like, no, we got, there's a girl over there somewhere playing pinball. Right. And like, to, and then it's, you know, clicked in my head. I'm like, wow. What? Like we had to point that out forever. Steve Bowden was the only uh, person of color I knew in pinball for a very long time, which was crazy. Uh, and I, I think getting uh, the word out to make people aware that you aren't uh, maybe being as open or as friendly or as inviting as you might be to other folks to come in and play with you. Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, I don't know, stumbling over my words, but just uh, stop, stop being ass or butts, please. <laughs> <laughs> we will let 
fast stand. We'll, we'll yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> easily editable, easily. Yep, that was fun. Snuck one in. Yeah. But what, what, what I mean, one thing I've noticed is that, I mean, I guess it's true of a lot of conversations that we all have our own forms of rambling that we think are incoherent, but are actually way more productive as long as we are allowed to keep rambling and figure stuff out on our own. As long as you're allowed, as long as you're allowed to ramble and without being cut down, shut out because of your ramble, just as a visceral reaction to that ramble, then the rambling can get to a productive place. So I love I you, mean, Steve. And, um, <laughs> And, then, and, I, and, I, and I'm talking about this, especially to myself as well, because um, I mean, I guess, I mean, that's one, I think that's one reason why I don't do as many podcasts as I used to of, of my own. I mean, I, I, I go on other podcasts because I'm invited because mostly the person who invited me is a friend. So why not? I'm but just getting I'm, drunk with you on your podcast. I'll I know. But, and, and, that, and that's also <laughs> part of it. Yes. I'm not, I'm not as intoxicated enough to ramble for an hour and a half about <laughs> Pinberg. But yet, be surprisingly <laughs> coherent in that hour and a half. That was that was the greatest three hours that I've. I don't know what happened. It didn't Jack. feel like three hours, but man, did I love every minute. We of did that. it, but yeah. but <laughs> so it's incoherent rambles like that. That is probably one of the best breakdowns of Pinberg you'll ever hear <laughs> with, with Jack Danger on it. But all that to say that yes, you know, keep rambling, keep rambling about about subjects like this. Um, Let's be encouraged to ramble on and figure this out together. And um, we will. Hell yeah. I would say from the standpoint of uh, what I personally am taking away from a lot of what's happened and to touch a little bit on the bad apples, if you will. Um, I think especially with the conversations I've had with a lot of people who I have played pinball with at any point in time, really. Um, similarly to what Jack said that his wife mentioned when, you know, when you walk into a room, I think I've before I've, I've been quick to be like, Oh, I'm the only woman here. Um, and not say like, Oh, it's me in a sea of other white people. Um, so being a little bit more cognitive to what's really happening in front of me, as opposed to making it about me and making it more about who's not here. If I want to make our community inclusive and truly intersectional, Who's not here? How am I working to address that? And maybe what things have happened in the past to make people uncomfortable that I can either help with or support them or stand with them to make sure that if there is an event that somebody is putting on or I am TDing, that people do know that they can talk and they can speak up and issues will be dealt with properly. And I know um, a couple of people who have been to my tournaments and I have a very, very zero tolerance policy for a lot of stuff. So I've been keeping tabs on a lot of the responses that people have been, I have a list I'm looking at right now of names. Um, I just, I, I can't stand for somebody saying these things online when you can't say them in front of somebody's face and then coming and giving me a bunch of money because they want points. That's not happening. So for me personally, I'm taking this a little bit more of like, no, I don't want, I already know you may make this a volatile um, situation for people. That's not happening. Um, and it's, it's frustrating to see when it's like people that you know, or have mutual friends with, or sort of know of and see other people, you know, kind of infighting within your community on stuff that should not be happening. Um, what makes me feel a little bit better is a lot of the people I'm seeing respond. I don't know. I don't have mutual friends with, so I'm like, okay, there's a good chance I may not, you know, run across you, but that's not to say that I'm not going to tell people to kind of keep an eye out. And I think, Similarly, be more vocal about when I'm explaining rules or if I'm explaining what we're doing with extra balls, um, really driving down the point of this is pinball. It is a game. You're here to have fun. If you're creating a hostile environment for people in any sort of way, it's like it's just it still kind of blows my mind that, you know, <laughs> It's a game. It's just a game, but uh, but it's not. It's it's a weird. Oh, let's talk about rambling. Um, <laughs> it's a weird place to navigate. But um, I think in a lot of the work that, especially the IFPA and IFA Women's Board, are doing to empower tournament directors to get a more 
um, backed and zero tolerance stance for these sort of things instead of being like, well, I'm not really sure and I didn't see it and, you know, empowering these conversations to happen uh, will help a lot with dispelling situations where the bad apples might show up and maybe they'll be the ones who don't come back instead of the people who wanted a new fun pinball experience. We're coming to the end. Thank you, each one of you, so much for taking the time out of your day to talk about this. Uh, again, like I said, got to get comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. I appreciate that. I consider each one of you a, a dear friend, not just a pinball friend, but dear friends. Um, and, and I hear what you guys are saying and I see what you guys are doing. And, and I really appreciate it from each you know different part of the community and w- what you guys contribute. Again, thank you, uh, Josh Sharp, for, for stepping in and, and talking about it from the uh, standpoint of the IFPA as the president. I really appreciate that. Listeners, I, I hope that you share this with somebody because I know a lot of my listeners out there are probably going to agree with everything that was just said. But what I'm going to challenge you listeners is to share this with somebody who you don't think would normally listen to my show. She's like, Lauren, Lauren has the lady show. I'm like, yes, yes, I have the lady show. But um, I think this is a conversation that needs to be heard by a lot of different people and, and maybe people that don't normally listen to this show. So I'm going to ask you guys, listeners, to, to send us to your friends to um, say, hey, you don't have to listen to all the shows. Just listen to this show. I would appreciate that. I know that the the people here participating today would appreciate that. And, and beyond that, you know, have those conversations. It, it's it's not easy, but we have to we have to take that first step. And, and I appreciate if you took the time out, took an hour out to, to listen. I, I know that um, I, I really hope you found value in this in this past hour. In the show notes, there are going to be links, um, lots of links to not only the IFPA, but um, if you're like, where do I start? I'm like, well, let me help you. I'm going to give you some links. There are going to be uh, links to different websites, throw out some books, uh, a lot of different things. But uh, I want you guys, I want your feedback and I, I, I'm opening the gates. So um, if you want to comment about this, you are more than welcome to comment to me at Backbox Pin Pod on both uh, Instagram and Twitter. You can email me at backboxpinballpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'd love to hear back from you about what you thought about the show. Again, Steve, Jack, Jessica, Juana, you guys are awesome. Heart emojis to everyone. Love Thank you. you guys so much um, for being here and for, for participating and, and Josh as well. Thanks again, guys. I really appreciate it. Josh figured out how to use a computer. Woohoo! Josh is the gold star for today. <laughs> Josh does get the gold star. So. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You guys. Thanks, guys, so much. And everybody, keep flipping. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To get pinball fun delivered to you every week, subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at show notes and more, visit our website at backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Thanks for taking us with you, and keep flipping! Keep flipping!